First of all, I just wanted to say, Brendan, welcome to the COVID club. Great. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. I'm kidding. It sucked. I hated it so much. I'm still not over it. This is why. So is this really the first time you've gotten COVID ever? Yeah, ever. It's how gauche, right? How fucking passe to not have had COVID for so long. And then in the year of our Lord, 2023, (laughs) finally get COVID. Like, I mean, it's only become more common. No, I know it is. It's just one of those things where it's like, God, I held out for so fucking long. But like, I, I guess like I, it's been a thing in your life for so long. Oh, that sure. I yeah. You'd had it. But I guess it's always been rich or someone else. That's Yeah. I mean, it has been. And like, well, now Rich has it too. My dad just got it from um, probably from me. My brother-in-law and his mother probably got it from me just now too, because I had it on Christmas Day and didn't know it because I tested positive the night previous. And then I just went to a Christmas party and acted as a little petri dish and got uh you know an entire branch of the family sick from covid so uh sorry my brother-in-law's family but you mean you tested negative sorry yeah i tested negative on christmas (laughs) you know i tested positive on christmas eve and i was like this doesn't apply to me though right i'm special (laughs) i have main character syndrome everyone else is affected yeah I mean, Brendan, you're a white gay. That's right. Who's going to stop me? That was like God's favorite human. Welcome to 2024 and a new episode of Why Do We Watch This, the podcast where three chums watch a bad movie, talk about what they liked, what they didn't like, and how they would fix it, all while enjoying a themed cocktail. In theory, those are things that we should be doing as part of this podcast. We're not really doing all of that right now because long-standing holdout Brendan finally got COVID. Go into that in a, just a brief moment to introduce myself. I am Brendan Slutty Little Lipstick Haiku Drischler. And I'm Chris, GetSomeRomance.com, Ravel. And I am Lee, passive-aggressive, magical grandmother, Della Hanty. <laughs> That's a good one. I do like that. Obviously, as uh, as you remember, because this was a rom-com that swept the world, took the world by storm, you know that we are referring to quotes from the 2014 <laughs> rom-com Two Nights Stand, directed by Max Nichols, starring Miles Teller, Leo Tipton, Jessica Czorzar. Yeah. Yeah, Zora. Evan Rambin and Kid Cuddy himself, Scott Miss Cuddy. You know, as I said earlier in the beginning, we usually drink things as part of this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. We did not drink things today because we were not in the same space today as we are not right now, as you can probably tell by the fact that our audio quality probably sounds better than usual. Um, <laughs> but we were it's not so even. <laughs> I know. It's, 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 that is like the one thing. Whenever the, the handful of times where someone's gotten COVID and we had to record remotely, you can always tell because the audio sounds like kind of leveled out and of decent like, <laughs> audio quality. I don't know um, what that's meant to imply, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we were, since we're not in the same space right now, we did not have the cocktail. I still want to try it at some point. I think maybe the next time we do the mini, we should try it just to sort Absolutely. of give it a whirl and say that we did. Uh, the drink that we were supposed to be making was called a long weekend. It was going to be coffee, dark chocolate, hot cocoa, an ounce of whiskey, sea salt, and a salted caramel marshmallow. You basically just combine the hot cocoa and the coffee in a mug and leave room for the remaining ingredients. You add the whiskey.
whiskey and a dash of sea salt, stir it well and top it with a marshmallow. I mean, sounds pretty good. Hopefully. Uh, I have faith that it's that it will be yummy because I, I believe we'll do it. I do too. I will be next. Like I said, next time we do the mini, I will bring the salted caramel marshmallows with us. And uh, we will, we will finally throw this thing together and see how it actually ended up tasting. So here's hoping. Uh, Having covered all of the business that we normally cover at this point, uh, who was it who was going to read the synopsis of Two Night Stand? Was that Chris? Uh, Simwa. That means it is me. Yeah. In French, the most romantic language, just like this film. Yes, you little slut. I am <laughs> always speaking French like a tramp. I'll, I'll 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 say I'll make sure I say slut every fifth word <laughs> yes. of this uh, of this synopsis. Okay, <laughs> Megan is unemployed and single, and one day she joins a dating website. Her roommates, who just want her to move out, invite her to a party at a club. After a bouncer refuses to let her into the club on the grounds that she looks too young and she did not have her ID, she runs into her ex-fiance, Chris, and later decides to have a one-night stand with one of the men she found on the website earlier, I guess, Alec. The next morning, they are less than cordial to each other, but Megan is unable to leave because of a blizzard. Forced to spend more time together, the two end up telling each other what they did wrong the previous night, convinced that they will never see each other again, and Megan suggests that they quote-unquote try again. The two have sex again with far better results. Afterwards, Megan discovers a closet full of women's clothes and pictures of Alec with a girl. She learns that Alec's girlfriend, Daisy, had written a note to him saying she wanted to break up but had not given it to him, but he had found it accidentally. Alec wanted to have something to rub in her face when she broke up with him, and so he had joined the dating website. Angry, Megan leaves. When Daisy returns, she finds it a note that Megan had scribbled and she and Alec exchanged the notes that they had found and they break up at a new year's Eve party. Megan is arrested because the same note was found in Alec's neighbor's apartment, which the two had broken into earlier, which I have questions about just, I'm just setting that aside. Uh, Yeah. I think it's also interesting. The synopsis did not mention the first time they broke into the apartment, given that that ends up being like a major thing in the end. But anyway, go on. Um, he pays bail, but Megan refuses to see him or even leave the holding cell. Later, when her roommates come to pay bail, Alec apologizes, saying that he did not know her last name and that this, this was the only way he thought he could see her again. <laughs> he says that it might be something the two of them would laugh about years later, but Megan is still angry because she had to spend time in jail. She makes him a deal asking for his number and promising to call him the moment she laughs about it. She takes a closer look at the presents he gave, he gave her. Minutes later, she starts laughing upon seeing the balloon that read, I'm sorry, I'm an asshole, and calls Alec. He meets her outside the police station. They kiss in the middle of the road where it started snowing again and that as they say is two night stand that is the two night stand in question so just as a real quick insertion here the other the only thing that i think probably bears mentioning is that earlier in the movie megan goes to use alex's bathroom reads an article that she finds unflattering about women who date tears a page of the article out of the magazine, flushes it down the toilet because she's so mad at it. Mm-hmm. And then that clogs the toilet. So she has to turn off the water to the toilet. And Alec doesn't have a plunger because he lent it to a friend. So at a later point, when Megan has to use the bathroom, they come up with the idea to use the fire escape to sneak into their neighbor's apartment, their neighbors who are not there currently away for the holidays, break through their window and then go inside to their apartment 
so that they can use the bathroom and steal their plunger. And later, Alec goes back again to that apartment to steal ramen, I think, from them mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- this is sort of like a major thing to kind of omit because, you know, it informs the fact that she gets arrested at the end. One actual moment of things happening in the first 60 minutes of the movie, of which there is not a whole lot of most of the beginning you know, like I said, most of the first two thirds of this movie are kind of just the two of them talking and getting to know each other, aside from that little incident right there. So would you uh, say that most of your question is like, where did they come up with such a brilliant move and idea? Yes, that's exactly that's exactly my question. <laughs> uh, before before I go into that question, though, just real quick, I'm going to throw it out. So Miles Teller plays Alec. Leo Tipton plays mm-hmm. Megan, and it is important to note, as Chris noted in the previous episode, that Leo Tipton identifies as non-binary. Is that correct, Chris? Mm-hmm. Non-binary or genderqueer, one of the two. I can't remember which. Leo Tipton, obviously, one would use they, them pronouns, but the character of Megan identifying as female would use she, her pronouns. So I'm going to attempt to stick to that if I'm referring to the character of Megan her versus Leo, which is they, them. I apologize in advance yeah. if that scrambles my poor little COVID adult brain <laughs> a little bit. I, I, I think that's a good thing to note, though, that it's uh, while it is a, a, a non-binary actor, it is a, a, a female identifying character. Right, right. This character, I believe, identifies as female. But uh, the rest of the actors are not really people you would know. Again, uh, Kid Cuddy, Scott Miss Cuddy plays Cedric, who is one of Megan's roommates, who is Mm -hmm. dating her other roommate and a character who like doesn't matter, but shows up a lot in the movie is Michael Showalter as Rick Rains, who is apparently a New York City like weatherman or something Mm -hmm. like that, who periodically you'll see on the TV as they check in to see how the snowstorm is. And to show like time passing, um, right? Yeah, and you know, jokes. There are like little jokes with him as well. There's, I didn't even like, like register that it was Michael Schwalter. Really, it took me a while, honestly. He's just on the him. TV, and I wasn't right. like looking closely at him. I mean, it, we, it's it's weird. It feels like it's one of those things where like you can get Showalter to do it because you're like just stand in front of a green screen. It'll be two hours of your time. Yeah. You can just Goofy. riff, right? Just riff on like snow and weather conditions for a little bit, and you'll get paid money. Yeah. Um. I um I also just wanted to point out the other roommate that's Jessica Zor. Um, is that how her, you say? It? Is it just Zor? I think so. Okay. Um, her claim to fame is uh she was on Gossip Girl. <laughs> I had okay. I had no. I looked up her briefly. I had no idea who she was, so I that that didn't really pop to me. I also don't think I've ever seen Leo Tipton in anything else. Um, ever. I'm going to give the briefest synopsis, but uh, before identifying, re-identifying uh, as non-binary, uh, when they identified as a woman, mm-hmm. they competed on America's Next Top Model, mm-hmm. and then uh, they also appeared in that uh, movie Crazy Stupid Love. Right. I had looked them up on Wikipedia, and it seems like that's kind of like the biggest movie that that they were in like that's the movie that if you were to have seen them in anything it was probably that one probably that yeah she's the very awkward babysitter okay yeah i i never i never saw it so i i could not tell you by way of laying all that pipe work uh we've established what this movie is the plot of it who is in it 
so this is ostensibly a rom-com by like mm-hmm. all definitions of the word it is there is a romance there are ostensible jokes it is <laughs> fitting that kind of um definition it is kind of interesting to me at least and maybe this is not interesting to anyone else that we've kind of sort of shifted to this as a style of rom-com that probably didn't exist really so much about like 10 or 20 years ago the idea that there's kind of almost an indification of the genre you know because i feel like for so long rom-coms have kind of been synonymous with for lack of a better term a chick flick and it feels like kind of the way a lot of rom-coms are existing nowadays is they're kind of more similar to this movie where it almost feels like you're focusing less on say what a 30 something year old woman with a couple of cocktails would want to go see in a theater and something maybe more that you can trick guys into seeing as well something part of that is like it's it's the aesthetic of an indie it is definitely the aesthetic of an indie i don't yeah i I wouldn't really i don't know if i'd call it like indification i think that it's natural that rom-coms evolve into like smaller budget smaller Mm -hmm. scale things that are more grounded that are less like uh, magazine editor right and right right and you lied owner. to me about who you were at our wedding or something yeah like. you're and saying it, our whole relationship with it was a bet yeah <laughs> and instead it's more like yeah these two people relatively our age um unemployed not sure what they're doing with their lives like more like natural realistic kind of stories i think that that's mm-hmm. the natural because i i could think of like a more modern example of like set it up which is also kind of a rom-com yes. that's a similar style I, I was thinking of sleeping with other people or something almost yeah too. yeah yes. yeah and and i think that i don't know that this i don't know that i think this movie is is like necessarily going to trick people into trick guys into watching it i think that like any, I think that like if you're the kind of guy that's not going to watch a rom com, then any movie that like has this poster that I'm looking right, at right now, right, two people sitting in bed, in together, a bed, smiling. and there's a pink banner on it, they're like, nah, it's not for me, <laughs> not for me, dog. So I think it's I, more about the yeah, just the the scaling down of rom coms. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's an interesting like, angle. Uh, I mean, that's probably why they get made today in this milieu, right? Because that's it's just probably that's that's how you can take a small budget and make it look nice. Like, I mean, the Wikipedia for this, the budget was a little over a million. I believe, I mean, yeah, I believe it. You know, there's, um, there's not a whole lot going on in this movie. So, yeah. yeah right. So I, I think they're trying to, you know, uh, live within their means mm-hmm. in that way, um, which I think can kind of lead to that indie feeling, right? Because it's right. not quite as polished. It's not quite as uh, broad, at least not mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, yeah. It, um, yeah. It was mostly just sort of me musing on the idea that it does feel kind of like there's more of a schism between like mm-hmm. what one might traditionally associate with a rom com versus rom coms of this ilk. And again, like I'd said, sleeping with other people. Um, I forget what the other example was that you had said, Lee. But um, set it up. Uh, set it up. Yes, set it up. Or, or even like, did you guys see Plus One at all? I don't know. Yes. I, I don't think so. I don't you think I saw see, that one. I think you should, it has it's Jack good. Wade. It's yeah, it's 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 okay. it's a good rom-com. I, I quite like that one a lot. I'm pretty sure that's also available on many of the same free streaming sites that this movie was available on. So, yeah, it's just it's 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 kind of interesting that, like, I guess this kind of rom-com is sort of getting a bit of a like a resurgence. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like a second win right now, whereas the more conventional trappings of what a rom-com is where you follow around the woman as she meets a man and then there is no contrivance to keep 
them apart is kind of like relegated to Hallmark more than anything mm-hmm. else right now, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're not being made for like the theaters anymore. Right. No. Yeah. Which we've we've which we've also definitely covered on this podcast before yeah. as a concept. It's just that like you know audiences are for many reasons not showing up to movies kind of in general right now. Yeah. But I I think like yeah I think as a natural part of like we're not doing these big budget rom coms but these like again successful thirty somethings um, mm-hmm. in their careers and and all these big big concepts. I think they're just sort of aging with the generations. And yeah. so like, like, again, I was kind of surprised it's only 2014. I guess it's not that long ago, but when like they're talking about their jobs and ambition or whatever, and, and Miles Teller says like, you don't have to love your job. Our generation's like got the wrong idea about that. And oh I'm my like, God. That's a little early for that yeah. concept, but yeah. it's yeah. so apt. Like, yes, especially, out of, especially out of that little baby face. You're like, yeah. what are you talking about, Miles? <laughs> what are you saying, three-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, maybe some of us were there in 2014, but we're all there now, for sure. Right. I think our generation, Gen Z, is certainly there. They were always there. Right. I mean, right? Like, I, I, yeah, I do think that, you know, I, I can't attest to where things were culturally at this time, but I do feel like that generational shift has definitely happened. Like, today, if you saw a millennial say something like, I don't think our generation gets that you don't love your job, I would say, like, no, 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 we definitely get that you don't love your job. Most people do not <laughs> yeah, love their job. You're you haven't yeah you're still drinking the kool-aid my guy get right, off that right. shit yeah exactly but it's like i think our generation was definitely like traced that way to be like mm-hmm. yeah you're gonna find that job because it right. was like generation like we're all gonna go to college right we're gonna pay an absurd amount of money mm-hmm. at the end of it we're all gonna get a job that we want from it and we're gonna have that job for forever like we're gonna that have job will forever, never stop and we're gonna love it and that's right. what's gonna happen yeah and, like, well, and it'll it'll give us purpose right yeah, and you'll, you'll, purpose. you'll buy your house you'll meet your spouse like, yeah, all of those things will just fall into place. And like, obviously, that was all a fucking lie. So right. like, <laughs> that was something that was very true for baby boomers, and not at all true for anyone else. Yeah, and so yeah, <clears> I think by this point, like, I don't know again where we were in 2014, but certainly by now, I'm, I'm like, damn, how did that, how did that line get in there in 2014? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a little glimpse of the future, right there. Yeah, weirdly prescient in that sense. It is interesting to note that according to Wikipedia, this movie was on the blacklist. What was I I don't know. I, I was surprised. Like, what is it that, that made it there? Yes, because I mean, so here's I, the thing. I do too, not uh, find this. I mean, the, I find the premise of the script to be very promising. I mm-hmm. find the execution to be in the. Right. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's there's like two issues at play there. One is the issue is did it fail in execution? You know, like did did the version of it that was on the blacklist play a whole lot better? And then at some point, maybe there were rewrites. Maybe it was through like yeah. actual execution. It failed or. I, I couldn't really say. The other thing I think is that there is a surprising amount of movies that are on the blacklist and sound really great. And those movies almost always end up terrible whenever they're actually made. Really? Yeah. I, I'd, be, I'd be more interested in reading good movies that were on the blacklist. Did anyone it, ever actually see Mr. Malcolm's List? Because that did come out, by the way. Mr. Wait, Wait, Mr. Mal- oh, oh, no, I didn't. But I know what you mean. Yeah, that, that was a words? blacklist movie that they did on like they used to have a podcast where they would do like enactment, like read throughs. Yeah, it was called Blacklist Table Reads was the yeah. podcast. I remember that. And yeah. uh, Mr. Malcolm's List was like a really good one. And yeah. I remember reading the book afterwards. And then they actually did the movie a couple of years later. There was, I mean, there's a handful. There was um one that was done on that podcast too that was made with Troy Savan as the lead. It was called like Three Months or something, which is about a queer high schooler finding out like in the ladies early 90s that he was accidentally exposed to HIV. And it's like the three month time period of him taking the test before he finds out what it was because back then it took considerably longer to determine that sort of that thing. That sounds good. 
Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how well it turned out. Right. But that was something I remember listening to on that podcast and thinking like, oh, that's this. This has like potential, you know, like this is the sort of movie that I could see myself seeing in theaters. And then again, I mean, it did come out, as I said, I didn't see it just like Universal Mr. Malcolm's List, which was another one that I listened to whenever yeah. um, the podcast was out that I remember liking, but never ended up actually seeing the movie for whatever reason. I don't know if the movie is supposed to be any good or not. Yeah, I'd have to check, but it's, it's, it is interesting. But I, but I wonder, too, like when they are on the list, right, and then they get mm-hmm. made, are we to presume that there could have been substantial edits and rewrites? Could it have been like taken to some executive producer and they're like, nah, 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 Right. That's always kind of what I wonder with these. I always wonder how the end result reflects the script that people originally saw and thought had such promise, you know, so I can't really say maybe this was a better script at one point. Or again, maybe this is one of those things that like reads really well on paper. And then just despite the best efforts of all involved, when you actually translate it to a movie, you're just sort of like, oh, this yeah. didn't quite work out the way we had hoped it would. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who's who's at fault here. There are, I think, a couple of moments that I think are kind of good. And there's like some lines that I think are good. I agree. There's but, moments. Right. And and like I, I've talked about this before, but like, kind of like what Chris, you had said, you, it's, it's a good premise for a movie, mm-hmm. which I agree that it is. And I think that's why I ended up watching it a couple of years ago when I originally saw it, because on paper, this is sort of an intriguing concept, something that I haven't really seen before. I've talked about how I kind of like a gimmicky sort of plot like this in a movie, like a contrivance to keep people together for mm-hmm. a period of time or, you know, it's a effective. Movie... It right. works. Yeah, it does. Or like a movie with kind of you that you know is going to take place within a constrained amount of time or something like that too or it's just like okay you know this movie is set within like this two-day period for the most part for whatever reason maybe it's just comforting for me subconsciously knowing that like oh this movie will end when this day ends you know like once this day ends we're kind of out of the woods here and you're just going to sort of be wrapping things up for uh the rest of the movie i don't know what it is but for some reason for me i like i like a gimmick like that and i kind of respond to it which is why i had sought this out uh, initially when I heard what it was. I mean, I think on paper, it's really effective storytelling because it sort of forces you to be kind of tighter and economical in your choices. You're mm-hmm. essentially, you've like built a time limit, right? Sort of like mm-hmm. in the same way that they're snowed in, that also kind of means there's an eventual point where they're dug out. Right. And I think it's just a really effective structure. Or one of them eats the other on. one. Yeah. Right. Yes, or, or, the, yeah. or one yes. goes or it becomes like the shining. Right, you know? right. Where Leo tries to kill Miles Teller. Yeah, there there is there is that going for it. And this obviously I think shows that a movie of that gimmick will kind of ride or die both by the strength of the writing and by the strength of the performances for something along the lines of this. I mean, with any kind of rom com, obviously chemistry and casting is kind of the big thing forward like if you don't have that you kind of don't have anything at all don't have anything yeah right yes like i said i don't think the writing in this movie is by and large terrible i think there are some effective moments in it but there are other things that i don't think work quite as well for instance one of the things we had kind of talked about briefly before going into this is this movie is weirdly kind of slut shamey in a way that i feel like it wouldn't be just a few years later at various points miles teller refers to leo tipton's character as a slut 
for wanting to come over to have sex and with him kind, which by the right, way you're fucking right welcome. with him right and he kind of walks it back because i remember in the beginning when they're in bed together he refers to something as being slutty and she's like you invited me over here and he says something like oh yes like a woman who goes over to see a man for sex right. if only there were a word for that and he does say like i'm just joking i'm just joking but if i were leo tipton i think i would be perhaps a little bit uh over the sky is this um place. here's this is not a defense of this yeah, one yeah. but the this is like after they wake up together right right in the the very first day yeah because i think where it comes <clears throat> from not that this is an excuse for this line is like that she tries to sneak out really obviously that is true and like without saying anything and she like triggers the burglar alarm and she like runs back into bed and it's clear that she's not going to get like the easy out he never, um, he never really addresses yeah that i was gonna say i feel her. like that would work better if miles teller then like blatantly said like huh it's weird that the burglar alarm went off is it like if he like laid at home that like yeah. yeah i know you tried to sneak out in the morning like it's weird that but, he never really addresses that after but he says something like oh is this your usual mo or something when you right. do this or whatever and she's That's like right. oh, excuse me do you think i do this all the time and he's right. like i don't know yeah, or That's he says something like, do you want breakfast or do you usually just like take off? And she's like, I never do this sort of thing before. Yeah, there, Maybe this would sort of go into character, which I don't entirely know if we should right now. But th there's a lot of weird I, – I find the character of Megan to be very oddly grading. handled in this – Yeah, well, grading – to be to be quite clear, yes, there's that. I know we contain multitudes and we cannot be easily distilled down to like a couple of character traits. There's a lot of strange things for me going on with this character from where the writing is concerned. So we have this character who she says by her own definition was basically going to college to get her MRS degree. Like she just yeah. wanted to marry a guy, not do anything, but she went into pre-med. Right. Like if you just want to bullshit say. your way through it, like be an art major or something, yeah. you know, like I I don't really know like what your bullshit female major would be for something like that but again it's insane that it's pre-med which pre -med is, is not uh, yeah. a difficult program to graduate in which she did it's, and also it's straight like i i feel like unless you want to spend more time explaining like who her character is it feels like such a weird distance choice. between well i was gonna say, like a distance between who we believe her character is based off of what we know of her from the beginning of the movie to a woman who went to college solely to marry her boyfriend mm -hmm. you know like this does i feel like i know women who I went to high school with whose whole goal was like, I'm going to get married and be a wife and a mother. And I'm not knocking that. Like, that's perfectly fine if that's what you want to do. But I'm saying like those women generally did not feel like their personalities were akin to Megan's personality in this movie. You know, like Megan comes across as a very, a very sort of like sex positive, a very kind of like slacker person having some kind of existential crisis going on. And obviously that existential crisis could be spurned by the fact that her boyfriend dumped her you know shortly before this was this this all started and that caused her to kind of take a look at her life but nothing about her really reads like the type of person who solely goes to college to get like a degree that they don't no. care about so that they can marry a guy like i guess i guess we're meant to believe we're seeing her on the other side of kind of like a like a massive change of character or something yeah. because i don't know it's it's a weird combination of choices because on the one hand it's like the high achiever like making these huge strides doing pre-med but then on the other hand pre-med was my mrs degree and i'm i really just want to like lay around in my sweats and do like i just right. i don't get right 
yeah there, there's just like there's so many strange contradictions to the point that like this character could probably be the focus of an entire story alone just to sort mm-hmm. of hack her apart and be like well, but like you know where where did you come from and where are you right now what prompted the shift in your life exactly and like it also feels like the kind of thing where i i can't remember off the top of my head but when when did they break up her and her boyfriend like it was relatively recent am i wrong i can't remember they see I can't either. he sees her at the start of the movie right right yeah they do I, I maybe i'm wrong maybe it wasn't relatively recent i just feel like if it was relatively recent this is so much of a seismic shift for a character to have based on yeah. the idea of who she would have been a couple months ago to who she is now and like again maybe this is something maybe she's just very depressed and that would explain like why she doesn't have a job and why she just sits around in her apartment all day in her pajamas like you know drinking and going online and shit like that would be something but i don't really get enough of the character to feel like that has informed her in that way if that makes sense yeah i would like more context for where she's at like how long has she been out of pre-med you know like because she meets a guy at the new year's party later that's like oh interested in her what are your options for med because i Mm -hmm. got into like my top choices or whatever so it doesn't seem like it's that long ago right yeah no no you're absolutely yeah you are absolutely right about that because i think she mentions like a semester ago i graduated or something later on at the end so like yeah presumably if she broke up with her boyfriend before that semester ended and then she just ended up with her degree anyway it's not been that long she graduated relatively recently and broke up with her boy or her boyfriend dumped her relatively recently as well i i hadn't even thought about that but you're right i hadn't put it into context with that other guy at the party but yeah you're right about that Mm. there's a lot uh kind of going on with her character that i can't quite get a hook into i suppose at this point it's like a weird portrait of like a man child character in some ways woman child character girl child i don't know yeah i mean like (laughs) i'm trying to think of like a polite way to say this feels this feels very much like a woman who was written by a man in a lot of Uh, respects yeah um, for sure because you, you know you have certain things where it's like they're talking about you know having sex um her and miles teller are like giving each other kind of like critiques after they have sex and i mean to be fair also so much of that feels like such a basic kind of late 90s sort of thing of like men can't find the g spot and it's like but... i know i'm sure those things are definitely still relevant today like don't get me wrong but so much of that feels like shit that we had all kind of established was a thing by now like it's not like in the year of our Lord 2014, men are surprised to find out that it takes a lot of efforts to make women achieve orgasm. It felt uh, dated in that way, but it also felt dated in the sense that it was like, it felt too recent to be doing this level of men are from Mars, women are from Venus yeah, shit. Yeah. And it can't, it comes up especially because I feel like the sex critique is a very like, in my mind, that's the writer being like, wouldn't this just be incredible? If men and women could just like talk this way to right, each other, right. how would that, what would that, what would that conversation Right, we'd all be like? so much happier if we could just and, bluntly say. And I, there's so much of that is all men don't like it this way, but do like, like it this way. Are you sure about that? Yeah, yeah. Me and all my friends feel that. And then it's the same. No woman likes that. All women like this. And I'm right. just like, I find, I just find it so crazy how much this movie has the kernel of an interesting idea, right? Of like, mm-hmm. what if people basically like put, I don't know, like the SWAT process on sex with each other. And then the only thing they're just going to like reinforce is all women want this thing. And that is 
very oppositional to the thing that all men want. Right, it's, right. Ugh. Yeah, there, there, it, it, it's a lot of just sort of like men like it when you take time, when you undress before sex, and women like it when they achieve orgasm. Right. <laughs> feels like two different things first of all like to be one is like you know make foreplay fun and the other one is like i would like to be fulfilled upon having sex with you <laughs> which you know yeah i mean i think like i think she, it's okay simplified that is what she's saying but she does kind of explain a little bit granted i don't like the scene but i don't think i meant to like the scene i don't understand yeah, it's it. probably it's this, is, this is one of those not for you scenes yeah <laughs> but i think the point of it is i and i know this is all hearsay for me this is what i hear is that <laughs> the typical it. things that men do during sex don't work for women in terms of orgasm and so right. she does say like guess what that's what i want but she does also then say like this is what worked but then you didn't you moved on from that which i think could have been handled by better communication during the process yeah but whatever I agreed yes they both kind of mentioned like weird what i would identify as like dysfunctional things but the movie sort of just presents them like well these are just like quirks of gen because it's so gender essentialist that like well it's just the quirk of being a man or being a woman right I don't know. I just I found that whole scene to be ridiculous. Well, I don't think that that's a good I think that, first of all, that kind of dialogue is nonsense anyway, because like to generalize all men and all women wanting the same thing, even Mm -hmm. all straight men and all straight women Mm -hmm. is bananas. Like some men probably do like to have sex in the dark. It's not uncommon, I'm sure, for some, you know, for preferences to differ. So for him to speak for all men and for her to speak for all women is is nuts in that context. I think real quick, it would be one thing if the if the conversation were literally framed more as like I like this here's right here's like what this. we could have done specifically for each other not as so much as a take notes on this because this is what every other man or every right. other woman you ever meet yeah. will want it's more and like get, it's imagine if like in sex you talk about what you like and don't like before right. you fucking do it or as right. you as you have a relationship you learn these things about each other it's not like it's one size fits all you get kind of that a little bit when um, Miles Teller's mother girlfriend shows up at the end oh and he God. says something about how like and he says something about how like were you faking it all the time and she's like uh is that really what you want to say and he's like yeah i guess i got lazy so it does feel kind of like it's one of those things where the movie is purporting this kind of idea for the entire gender that like all men are in you know like he he is going to always be inherently bad at having sex that is also an easy lazy thing to do in a mm -hmm. rom-com in a a movie to be like men are always bad at giving orgasms to women that's always the case which is like it's a generalization. I'm sure I that, also like, I find it frustrating too, just that particular observation because it's I mean, we don't need to get into the weeds on this even remotely, but it's like it points at things that are sort of like what a lot of people would report as like a common dysfunction in heterosexual couplings that a lot of women are like unfulfilled by that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like the movie doesn't scratch that notion even slightly to break below the surface to any kind of question of like why that might be it just is right and it's innate and it just that's just what it is and it it it, it, it it's it's frustrating because it's almost just like men you in fact do not need to try because a woman's orgasm is unknowable it's just you know it's going to happen sometimes and then other times it won't just there's nothing you can do about it to be I, clear, I don't think that's what this movie is saying no i don't think it but... is. this movie is saying you you just aren't doing the right things but right. it's what it's not saying is anything truly critical what it could say is 
that men don't bother to learn and women don't bother to teach. It could say yeah. either of those things or both of those things, but it really doesn't say either of those things. And it really shouldn't be about all men or all women. That scene should just be about. I agree. Right. These two people didn't enjoy the sex fully. And let's talk about why I didn't enjoy what this person did. And this person didn't enjoy what, what that person did. I think so much of this is also such a surface level discussion from both of these characters where this is all things that I feel like I've heard before and other, like, you know, it feels like when Harry met Sally had these conversations back in the eighties. So it's kind of like, this should not be presented as like shocking or revolutionary for a woman to be like, I didn't achieve orgasm because you didn't do X, Y, Z. These are conversations that I've heard before and done better in other fictional venues. And so to sort of, you know, for the movie to kind of want to present this as kind of like, wow, it's kind of shocking and revolutionary that the two, right. And so, yeah, so contemporary that these two young people are like talking to each other and communicating to figure out what they want during sex. And it's kind of like, I've seen that before. Like this isn't the mind blowing, you know, discussion that you seem to think it is. And if this is a discussion that you you want to have you kind of have to dig a little deeper like lee was saying and you know actually get into the you know the the crux of what it is that's happening here versus just saying men never do x and should do x or women never do x and should do x yeah um i also just wanted to point out the insanity of when megan explains basically how she tries to communicate without communicating uh how does she put it different levels of moans and <laughs> I was just like, and I get maybe that was supposed to be like a joke or whatever, but I was just thinking like, how poor and terrible do you have to be at communication with someone that you can't even say the words like, hey, I don't like that. Or, hey, like, I like that. But you just have to just make sounds and hope that they'll interpret them. To be fair, she also, which I thought was a vaguely funny thing. She also at one point says like, now, at one point during sex, I was almost about to come. Did you did you guess what that moment was? And he's like, was it when you said I'm about to come? And she's like, yeah, you're right. That was good. At some point, it was like, yeah, OK. So it's, there was like some genuine attempt at communication. Yeah. But like he decided that it was time to like do something else rather than keep doing. Rather than keep doing the thing that was working. Yeah. 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 She, doesn't she point it out as something like um, I may have lightly suggested something. Do you know what that? was yeah, yeah do you know what that yeah. was yeah and, it, and then he, t- he says like why did you like so why did you do not keep doing you he's like oh, i thought i was doing a finisher move like mortal Kombat or something yes. <laughs> that was that was okay right which was that. also like a pretty a, a pretty solid joke because again again going back there were bits that work in this yeah. movie that are pretty funny like that one was dad ending though i guess the, the ending <laughs> i think the ending to this movie is kind of what made me really think that this is something that should probably be thrown into you know discussion here simply because i remember the first time i saw this movie i think in the beginning of covid when i was just sort of burning through rom-coms i had on a list that i at some point wanted to check out and like up until the ending i remember watching this and thinking like this is fine like there's some chemistry there's some good writing here like this is perfectly okay and then you have like the act three you know contrivance where it turns out that my Teller already had a girlfriend, even though they were on the verge of breaking up, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is fine. This is all normal. Then, of course, we get to the end where it turns out that Miles Teller has framed Leo Tipton for breaking into their neighbor's apartment, which is something that both of them did by after he has already broken into their apartment and sealed up the window behind him, he snuck back in, dropped a note that she wrote him in the apartment so that the neighbors come back, see the note, think that she broke into his apartment and I guess dropped a 
note there being like, hey, thanks for the sex, which is yeah. like a very weird thing to implicate. That's all like a, fine. That was a sweaty development. It was. Yeah. But like, whatever. Go off, I guess. And so what that results in is Megan getting arrested by the police on New Year's Eve. She is thrown in jail. She uh, Miles Teller's character, Alex, shows up to bail her out. She denies his bail and waits for her roommates to come and bail her out instead. Then as they're leaving, Miles Teller is doing his big sort of act three rom-com like, but I did it because I'm so in love with you moment. Mm -hmm. And I just remember watching this and thinking like, this is an insane thing to do. Like at this moment, you would be forgiven for never speaking to this person ever again in your entire life. And you think for a moment. that's the thing too. So that's that's where we're going. (laughs) Which I kind of liked to be fair too, is that whenever he's like, he's like, come on, you'll laugh at this someday. And she's like, you know what? Give me your phone number. I promise you when I laugh about about this i'll give you a call which i think is like a pretty good like fuck off line right to tell he's clearly saying that with the intention of never talking to right. him ever again right and i was like in the back of my head thinking like okay so is this going to literally end with her never seeing this guy again is this going to end with like a jump into the future like next new year's eve where like kid cuddy or her other former roommate is like hey remember last new year's eve where you got arrested and she just goes like huh oh yeah and like smirks for a minute is like (laughs) fine i guess by the powers of magical reasoning i have to call (laughs) him now like he's trapped me in a logic puzzle but no it literally takes her all of like two minutes to look at this balloon that says sorry i'm an asshole and be like it was a little funny i guess and then give him a call (laughs) we're meant to believe that that balloon was just so fucking funny right that it was a hysterical message to say I'm an asshole on a balloon. Very funny. All was yeah. all else was forgiven. And then do you notice what their last lines are? I mean, I, I know they banter for a little bit, so I don't fully remember what their the last, last line lines was. are. What truly for me blew this movie into just a weird shape. They both are like, and now we don't have homes, and it's snowing. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's your place or mine. I don't have a place. Neither do I. And that's right. Like, You're a catch. <laughs> You're a catch. Yeah. Ha ha ha. And I was just like, Paul and I were just looking at each other, like, that's the moment we're ending on. Right. Right. This is where it stops. It stops yeah. with the two of these like what awful happens people after this? Homeless. Do they go to a shelter together? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair. He's going to live with his friend and she's right. going to continue the thing with her sister until she gets uh, is that her sister or just I, don't, I think it's just a friend. It's just a friend. OK, she's going to continue living there until they, she gets a place. It's not like they're homeless, but it's just like they're not at liberty to bring right ex friends home. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is like it, it is a weird limbo thing, nonetheless, to like yeah. have to live with for a while where neither of the two of you, presumably, I guess, because Miles Teller has an actual job, I guess he could get an apartment at some point or something yeah, like she's that. She's going to have to figure her fucking life out. Right. Yeah, yeah it, it does feel real. like th- this is like a, the wildly unfulfilled nature of this character of Megan as a character. Yeah, it's just it, like, like it feels I don't want to say that like movies should fix everything, but it feels like she should have beyond getting with miles teller she should have arrived at some sort of decision about the fuck rest yeah, of her i, I agree yes yeah i agree 100 percent. including like do you want to see med school through right or... i mean like that's yeah. even if the decision was just like maybe i will go to med school you know like maybe there yeah. was enough here that um, i feel like i could see myself doing this. i don't know if we have how much more we're talking about but there are a few things i have to talk about that we haven't covered in this movie that i'd like to yeah, go ahead at some point. no so, please we must talk about the brony. I have to. Oh my god! <laughs> I right. must bring him up. I lost my mind I, that bit. As soon as his line started, I had a moment where I was like, is this going to be a brony joke? I, I, I swear to God, I thought the same thing as soon as he was talking about, like, it's a show for kids, but not really. And I was like, yeah. oh boy, here we go. And I thought, like, 
and I and then I thought like, well, it's probably not going to be like exactly a brony joke, but it's going to clearly be like gesturing. Like, right, right. They're not going like, to literally say like friendship is magic, but but what he did. He mentioned the character and performance, yes. like. <laughs> Everything about him, the when when she's like, oh yeah, I'm just so intimidated. Like he gets, he he seems like I don't, I can't even like. There's so much character in that two minutes. Well, you get I, I kind of, of honest to god, I kind of love because that feels so much like so many like shitty guys you see online who are like, uh, woman, you're not paying enough attention to me. And then as soon as she's like, I guess I'm intimidated. How smart you are. He's like, yeah, oh no he's no like, baby no oh, no no. Yeah. Okay. And then she's like, I have to go away. And he's like, fuck. Yeah. He's oh like, my god. I, I I wanted to get to that because that moment when he when she turns away. So up until that point, he's sort of like like a Lifetime movies version of a weird guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting a brony reference, but still. And then when that happens, I'm like, oh, wow, that's such a choice to be like this one off character who has no name, has a lot of anger under the surface. Yeah. He goes like full incel at the yeah, very right, yeah. right, 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 right. Like he's clearly been red pilled by Reddit or something. Yeah. Like and that. like you gotta wonder too if that i can't even tell if when he says what if he says when he's when he swears fuck does he still think that it's his own intimidating effect he's like oh i gotta turn that down <laughs> curse <time."> my innate <laughs> charm curse my innate charisma god this is the this is the 80th time i've heard this yeah <laughs> why are women or, so intimidated yeah, or is she just by like, oh no another woman got away before i could fuck her <laughs> <laughs> like jesus christ he's so it's it's nuts I mean, the hair everything about him <laughs> no the hair is really uh when that guy like walked into casting they were truly like uh there he is this what, is him. He wearing a hat I don't think he was wearing a hat, but he ought, he again, very close to wearing a fedora and calling her milady. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you mean like, so in a, in a sense, spiritually, he was wearing a hat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. His metaphysical hat. <laughs> what, 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 what were, were the other, other things, Lee? Lee? Were there other? I, honestly, I think it was maybe I really wanted to get the brony bit out there. <laughs> um, I, just, I did not want us to forget about that. To forget character. about our beloved brony. There were some other weird moments. I'm trying to recall what they were now. Well, I, I mean, again, I said it already, but the idea that she's so incensed by a magazine article that she it's feels the need to flush bananas. it down the toilet, rip it out of a magazine and flush it down the toilet. Yeah. Uh, the fact that this movie seems to think that Alec is an inherently absurd name that no one has ever heard before. Well, they did yeah, way too much. With, they did way too much business with that. With the, it just was not funny. Yeah. With the newspaper article or the magazine article, whatever, this feels like, again, this is because this is where you start to see like from screenwriter brain. That like <laughs> this is the result of like I have this stupid plot I need to connect all these right. stupid pieces. It's like I know that they have to get into the neighbor's bathroom for some right. reason. They're gonna have right. to break into the neighbor's apartment because I need them to get arrested because I have this stupid idea that she's gonna get arrested for breaking into an apartment. So how do I get them to break into an apartment? Well, <laughs> maybe they need I don't know a bathroom really bad. So I guess I have to break the toilet now right. because if they can't. They can just use that bathroom. They're never going to break in another person's bathroom. Right. So oh how is she going to break the toilet? Right. I don't know. It, Throw a magazine article down the toilet. Yeah, and it, like, it can't be anything too gross. Like, it can't literally be she clogged the toilet while using yes. it because, like, that's gross. So, like, it has to be she flushes something that was not meant to have been flushed. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's like I literally I can see a screenwriter just, like, scrabbling Working away, their way to, backward, like, yeah. Yeah, get the index cards out and be like, how is this going to – how am I going to connect these dots? Yeah, no, that's an, that's absolutely true. There was another element of it that I found very strange and perhaps screenwriter brain knowledge could help. So, okay. So we've already established that he fucking gets her arrested so he can just get her last name. Yeah. Which also, I'm pretty sure 
Pretty sure well, you could so, have figured that well, out in well, other ways. So that he can see her again. He doesn't arrest yeah. her to get her surname. He arrests her so that he knows where she is. One little tidbit is that the seed of this is Scramble Brain, also planted by the fact that he calls the dating company and they're like, right. the only way that we will ever reveal oh, right, is to the right, police right. or whatever. And I'm like, wow, they had to get that out there. so that we I mean, that was the thing. Like when he said that at first, I was like, so will he call back and pretend to be a cop somehow? No, no, no. He will just have her arrested. <laughs> yeah. So he gets her arrested. Mm-hmm. She's rightfully pissed off about it um it does feel like though because the movie still needs to end with them being together it tries really hard to play this this like literally getting someone arrested so you can see them again as a like quirky Uh, uh, an act three rom-com like a show of affection yeah and it doesn't work and i feel like that tension just fucks this movie up entirely and i think it's just a bananas amount of work to try to do to sell that you didn't need to do this just no find it, some other way it's also very strange to me that like it feels like the movie is really trying to remind you of how funny quote unquote miles is in that moment by miles says something like i feel like i'm standing with my dick out and kid cuddy laughs at it and he's like it was yeah. funny and i was like i mean it's like uh, moderately funny yeah, but not like, not like laugh not out funny. loud haha funny and then like at the end kid cuddy is like do you think he'd be friends with me i like funny people do you, okay like do you think that was a studio note where they're like we're not really sure how we're supposed to feel about uh miles teller this doesn't this, this doesn't pass the reverse spectral test <laughs> yeah. the two men to talk about each other that's right it's two men to talk about their friendship with yes. each other. um <laughs> it, i mean to me it just feels like it was the screenwriter being like he's funny remember remember yeah, how yeah. funny he is other characters like it like whenever he's doing his speech at the end if you look at the roommates they, they look they're, they're kind of like Oh, like this is a good thing that he's saying to her. And she's the one who is rightly incensed with his actions at that yeah. point. Yeah. So it, it truly does feel like the movie wants you to look at this and be like, but he's still such a funny, sweet guy. By the way, if, if, you, if yeah. it was if all you wanted was he's got to track her down, there are so many other ways he could have. Yeah. Facebook. So many ways. I mean, literally, yeah, like literally again, literally anything, literally anything. Yeah. He did and, not and, have to do this. No, this this is such a weird, like, it feels like, you know, it was one of those things where you kind of like write yourself up into this point and you're like, and now he has to find a clever way to figure out who this woman is. And so then you're kind of like, what's something fun that we've never done before? What if he frames her for breaking and entering, gets her arrested <laughs> and yeah. uses that as a meet cute? It's like, that's insane. Someone, anyone involved should have stopped you and been like wait a minute let's go back to the drawing board on this one i mean just real quick i guess before we go into fixes then is i had like acting and characters i feel like we've kind of kind of addressed this there's really not a whole lot to talk about because there aren't that many characters who really have an effect in this movie you're pretty much just there with miles teller as alec and leo tipton as megan is there anything you guys wanted to say about them or their performances I find, I'll, I'll be honest i find yeah. it tough to separate how i feel about their performances that i feel are probably also a symptom of bad writing and bad directing i'm sure they did the best with what they had but <laughs> i found leo tipton's voice to be um very i'm a sexy baby sometimes there is a little bit of a sexy baby voice thing happening there 
I, I I just I am not someone who who buys what Miles Teller sells. So really nothing was there for me. <laughs> I kind I I thought Miles Teller was mostly charming in this movie up until the point that he frames her for breaking and entering. Like up until <laughs> that point, I was mostly like, I'm kind of on board with your saying. There are, like we said, a few moments. This guy feels like a little like he's drifting into a weird place for me, like we had said with all the things about calling her a slut and that sort of thing. Like th- there were definitely moments of those but i feel like by and large it just might just be because his character i think is written to be quote unquote funny and charming mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the character of megan is kind of written as more again like there's so much going on with megan that Straight i man uh, yeah right right yeah i mean there's so much going on with like megan as a character that i couldn't even like tell you really straight up like what her character truly is in this movie where again it's like they went to college for this degree but they don't want to use it and they were just going to get married and blah 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 and so like i think that certainly doesn't help leo's performance at all the fact that this character is such a weird you know amalgam mess like... yeah of, of so many different <laughs> character traits thrown into a bag together and so i i feel like even i even if leo was a very good actor and they might be i don't know this is a hard character to sell off as a person and i don't think yeah. this character effectively comes off as a person really at any point to me in this movie i would agree um i also similar to brendan i've seen miles teller in a lot of movies i like i've seen a lot of mm. in a, a lot of performances that i enjoy i think that he is a very good actor at, at walking the line between like endearing and douchebag <laughs> yes <laughs> i agree he's very good at like that it's like a fine line um the success, the most successful like version of this, I think, is the spectacular. Now, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Brendan. I have not. No, um, it's quite good. It's like it's like he's a high schooler, um, a senior, or I think I think it's very clear that he's like an alcoholic, mm-hmm. um, but he's like not. He doesn't want to engage with that at all. He's just like, oh, I'm just a fun, wacky party yeah, kid, right? And his behavior kind of becomes increasingly erratic and problematic Mm -hmm. it's a it's a really good movie um but anyway he and again i would say also in in top gun maverick oh yeah yeah Um, he is he is he is very effective in top gun yeah 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 he's very where he's supposed to be like ostensibly like the protagonist we love it's like you're still like kind of a you want to punch them sometimes right you're still kind of a douchebag throughout this movie yeah, he was um, he was very good in Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, yeah, but I I think what's what's bad in this movie is again I think the the writing is at fault here for giving us a character that like no amount of charming acting can salvage. Right. Nope. Some of the actions and some of the words this character has to deliver are just like not. You're just like eh, it's not doesn't make <laughs> up for. You know, no performance is going to make up for that. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he's I think he's unquestionably trying to make this a likable character. But like, boy, is, yeah, are there just, just certain roadblocks that you cannot get it's past? It's not possible. And for the for Leo Tipton, they I don't have say, much of a character to use. To right. No, but I would say that, like, again, I, I agree that I find like I, I, I was like, do they always sound like this? Because I find their voice at a base level to be like <laughs> weirdly grating in this sort of like affected sort of soft whispery tone. I'm like, yeah. up, be more assertive. Like, yeah, you sound like a wet blanket and you're playing a wet blanket. <laughs> right. Like, have yeah. a fucking decision. Make a decision in your life. Yeah. He kind of. Yeah. The character is just kind of like so aimless and like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. It's like and like, yeah, I guess like there's a way to play that so some of that i do have to blame the writing again for like not giving this character any fucking direction by yeah. the end of the movie yeah like they start and they, they end in the same place they start like i don't know if i want to do med school or not right or med school or or yeah like should i stay here should i go home what do yeah. i do 
Like, fucking do something with your goddamn life at some point. Yeah, just make a choice. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to sympathize with either of the characters in this movie. I, w- I would agree, yeah. I just wanted to call one other element out that mm-hmm. made me think. was It's just so strange to me the lengths that Miles Teller's character goes. And I, I understand that he apologizes with that gesture. I personally would not find it that moving. I just don't understand how we're supposed to be like, oh, I'm really glad for Megan that she ended up with this right, guy. Right, like, right, right. No. Yeah. He as clearly has no. Should be staging an intervention or something. Yeah. Hey, um, you know what he has that she doesn't, though? A fucking job. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she can get I feel that like, MRS I feel degree. like she needs to not. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she needs to like just maybe not see people for a while and just work on herself. Like, yeah. I, would, I would, I would. Good agree. luck. Yes. Yeah, good luck paying off her pre-med student loan. Yeah, her NYU pre-med program, yeah. which is with going him, to be insane. With him being an assistant bank manager, right. or whatever the fuck he is, <laughs> while they're raising their two point five kids. Yeah, in Hoboken or wherever. Yeah. Uh, Montclair. Yeah. I feel like the only other actor I'd probably put is I think that Kid Cudi was like pretty fun as yeah. Cedric, but he's only in it for like two scenes or something. Yeah. So yeah. like I kind of wish he had more to do because I thought he was a pretty likable presence. And Michael Showalter was fun. Like he was kind of the one source of jokes. I think kind of consistently, <laughs> like at one point yeah. he, you could hear him say something like, I just got off the phone with the mayor's office. They say the store's a fucking nightmare. And then like you, uh, you hear him under the next scene going like, oh, I can't say that or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, again, this was clearly just like a funny person just kind of like being right. carte blanche to say whatever they want. And yeah, that, shockingly, it... it ends up being funny. One of the two of them say something about like he has a full erection right now. Yeah, that's right. He's yes. been talking about the weather. Yeah, and I like because I that was the other part of like too where he's saying something like, "If you look behind me, this is where the Empire State Building is, and you can't see it because that's how much snow there is." Then you hear him in the next scene being like, "Oh, actually, I've just been told this is not where the Empire State Building is." <laughs> But that should just indicate how much snow there really is, that, like, which feels so much like any sort of local news guy, like yeah. dramatizing the, you know, the terrors of the weather for everyone watching. Oh, my yeah. God. I love that. Having covered all of the topics I had written down, do you all want to go to fixes? Yeah, sure. Wait, should we say something we liked about the movie? Um, again, I like the hook. I think it was a solid hook. Okay. Even if it was badly executed, I think it was a good premise. I think Miles Teller could have played this character well, so I I liked casting him. I would say, yeah. I, think I also just wanted to throw out there: it's less than ninety minutes. Is oh this yeah, this movie is like eighty some minutes, which is insane. Yeah, like it's um, great. It makes me so happy that this movie is less than ninety minutes. I also just wanted to throw out there that when we sat down to watch it, Paul was like, "There's no way the director is Mike Nichols' son, right?" And he is. <laughs> oh my god. I guess uh, skips a generation or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Nichols' grandkids will be pretty great directors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 let's uh, go first for, for fixes. Um, I, I can go. I don't anything. have anything. Okay. So I'll just, re- I'll, just <laughs> I'll keep the premise, but this premise is like something I think that is your kind of thing, Brendan. I don't think it's my kind of thing per se. Could very well not be, yeah. Um, but I think I think also it's a hard sell uh for me because it's premised off of like quick sex 
mm-hmm. blossoming into romance. But, which is like, but hold on, that's like your whole mo. That's yeah, my whole thing. I love so my libido <laughs> is so insane. You know I me mean? and I hate, <laughs> hate romance. I'm not all about the sex, baby. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I think I, it's. I think it does tra- track. I guess like as a solid premise that like people looking for a hookup are unexpectedly faced with like having to deal with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a fine beginning to it, but. I think the two things that need to change are pretty obviously that she needs to have uh, more of a arc than just like Miles Teller being her boyfriend by the end, or maybe being her boyfriend, and he needs to not frame her <laughs> for a crime <laughs> in the third act just to see her again. No, um, I think I do love that as like the, the two lessons we all agree. The two lessons these characters must learn you must learn to self-actualize you must learn not to frame people for crimes <laughs> yeah you once you work have, it out you develop more of your own purpose and you stop accusing women of crimes they didn't commit <laughs> <laughs> or, or that they did commit but you accuse yourself but, of all responsibility right, right. <laughs> i would cut I, I would cut the sex conversation i think it's a weird topic mm. i would instead have maybe the conversation get a little not like existential but like kind of more about where they're at in lives and i think this can maybe include i think the other douchey thing that he does is the cheating thing Mm -hmm. so i think that he can maybe come clean of like why he's had a a one-night stand at this point and she can come clean about uh where she's at and how she has no her like she thought she was gonna get married she got pre-med for some insane reason. I might probably change the pre-med thing. But she, anyway, she went to college. She has a degree. She doesn't know what the fuck she's supposed to do now because she thought she was just going to get married and that was going to be it. Some like uh, takeaway comes out of that conversation that gives her something to work with for the rest of the movie. He gives her some sort of tidbit. Maybe the I think I do like the uh, who says you have to like your job. It's like life is about more than your job. So find something. And maybe there is like a thing that she likes. She like a thing that she's passionate about. And she realizes doesn't have to be her job like because and maybe that's part of what she went to school for like maybe she went to school for graphic design and she's like graphic and she likes graphic design but she learned by studying it for four years that jobs suck in it and like the actual work is like shitty and it's like you're not going to do these like glorious motivational posters and presidential campaigns because you're going to do the new twix logo or something for like the chinese market Right. Or something like you're going to do the like most mundane, boring things day in, day out. And it's going to suck all the fun out of the thing that you like. And maybe he's like, well, fuck it. Don't do it for a job. Then do something else for a job. Who do, do your job is just to get money. Like do something, you know, do that. Do what you like. Do they get jobs so that you can enjoy the things you like. Mm. Um, and that kind of sticks with her. Um, and maybe he has something he likes and that could come out during that scene, too, because he's an assistant bank manager. Maybe he's got. Maybe he makes the bongs. Maybe he's got really good crafting <laughs> skills. <laughs> oh my god, we friend. we didn't talk about that. The yeah. weird bong is his weird made. ass bong that his friend made. Yeah, that it's would like actually covered would, in cherubs. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that, that could little... actually be like a little fun moment. I think that he's yeah. like yeah. a skilled bong maker. And yeah, I think in the end they could have just left. They could have just been messy and high and left evidence right. behind. Yeah, right. And they could just get arrested anyway. Right. right. There doesn't have to be any like the act know, of framing. Act of framing. Yeah. It would be very easy both? for them to have just gotten arrested because they were yeah, dumb. Right. Both of them could have gotten arrested. Right. And, that and would that's have been fine. Right. Yeah. Right. And then they end up in jail together. And he's like, well, I didn't want it like this, but. Yeah. Like he's like, I tried to get your name and they wouldn't like, give it to me on the website. And maybe she's just like a little pissed off about the whole situation. I think that if anything, her hesitation at the end, rather than it being like, well, this guy's a weirdo who framed me. 
and lied to me about his girlfriend, her hesitation could come from the fact it's another impulsive decision to go on mm-hmm. to spend something longer with this guy after yeah. she's just ended a really long-term relationship and she really has no idea what the fuck she's doing. And so rightfully, she's like, I don't want to like jump into the next bad decision I'm about to make. Um, and maybe he convinces her that it, you know, doesn't have to be it's just, you know, try it out. There's no strings. Right, attached, right, right. This isn't a commitment. This is just Yeah. We date. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I would do there. I would just kind of take the sharp edges off this plot and add some depth to um the female lead's arc. That's that's sensible. Well done. That is sensible. Yeah. <laughs> Good job for thinking of things that other people should have thought of. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> so what this ended up being for me, and I'll just try and keep this as quick as possible, is that again, because I think that the whole premise is that the, the whole premise that I respond to mostly is just the idea of people being sort of locked in a situation with another person for a decent period of time and not having expected to have done so. Like I said, that's the thing that kind of appeals to me for this movie. So what I think this would end up being is I would one, make it more of an ensemble piece because I think then you can have Kid Cudi and the other roommate give them a little bit more to do. Like I Mm -hmm. kind of like the idea that they're sort of their their sort of growth is maybe that like they're a couple who doesn't live together maybe kid cuddy is not actually her other roommate maybe he's just her roommate's boyfriend and because of this snowstorm the two of them end up like cohabitating for a weekend and you know have never spent the weekend together before and then they're kind of like huh you know like i wasn't sure but like we're good as a couple like we work as a couple like i think we could actually live together and like not kill each other and it would be okay and i think the other uh, ensemble thing i I might want to throw in is I might want to throw in Megan's ex as more of a character mm-hmm. just because I kind of like the idea that maybe it wasn't a relationship where he cheated on her with someone else but maybe it was just a relationship where the two of them kind of mutually realized that it had like run out like it had re- reached the end of the oh. relationship and they were just kind of like we just can't continue this anymore. It just doesn't make sense for us. We clearly want different things. So I think the idea is that like maybe they broke up, but they're they're not like hostile toward each other or something like that. They're still kind of quasi friends, but it's in a weird situation. And so maybe his thing is just kind of more figuring out like who his life is now that he doesn't have kind of like this trophy girlfriend that he thought Mm -hmm. he would always have or something like that i i think i kind of want to graft aspects of megan's personality onto him the idea that you know his whole thing was that he was going to like meet a girl in high school go to college get his degree graduate marry her and that was going to be his entire life and now he finds himself single and so maybe he's kind of like bouncing off of his like a male roommate or just a platonic friend roommate to sort of figure out like what his deal is going to be now that his entire life is kind of different than what he thought it was originally going to be. And for uh, Miles Teller and Leo Tipton's characters, again, I think it can be kept mostly the same as this. I would not, I obviously I would, as I said, omit certain parts of her personality because they're being grafted onto her boyfriend. I think hers is more just, again, I don't know, just that I've never done this sort of thing before and I'm kind of getting out of a relationship and I'm not really sure what I want or how you communicate with someone given that I've been in a relationship with the same guy for however many years it's been. I'm also going to drop uh, Miles Teller's quasi-ex girlfriend and I think the way it's going to work at the end is that we can still have some sort of contrivance that causes her to leave the next day, but I think they all kind of meet up accidentally at a New Year's Eve party where it turns out that like Miles Teller is a friend of Megan's ex-boyfriend's roommate or something like that. And so he's like, come on to this party that our friends of ours are having. And they just meet up through a contrivance like that at the end. So that's kind of what I want it to be, just sort of more of an ensemble sort of thing, minus some of the bizarre unpleasantness that comes up in this version. I think that makes more sense 
sense. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't don't mean have to force much. You. <laughs> I don't have much. So shut up and your, tell us what you're doing, Chris. Bury your expectations deep in the ground. So I like this idea. I really like this concept of the the premise of getting snowed in together. I kind of feel like in terms of how the story is told, we get more from Megan's POV. I think A, evening that out could be good. I think that would at least help inform uh, the uh, Miles Teller's character a little bit better. And I also feel like we just need to maybe expand the friends group. The I, I understand maybe they, they kept the cast small for like budgetary reasons, but it feels very, very uh, kind of tiny and airless in that way. I don't hate the sexual critiquing conversation. I think that could potentially work as a joke. However, I think it goes in a really stereotypical direction. And if anything, I would want the takeaway from that scene to be like, oh, wow, we can't make these like huge generalizations. Generalizations. Yeah. Yeah, Some people like this, other people like that. It's not about your gender identity necessarily. I mean, I definitely don't want him to frame her. But I do like this idea of a an act that is framed as grand and romantic actually being like gross and bad. And the woman I like I am kind of intrigued by this ending in which she turns him down. I have not really formed what that is, but I do like this idea of he does something that he's like, oh, this will this will show the depths of my affection perfectly. And then it's actually no, I'm sorry. It's been real. But bye. Yeah, I, that was something honestly I had kind of thought about when I was thinking of a fix too. It, I feel like that's the, if you do something like that, it kind of just necessitates shifting the tone of the movie overall mm-hmm. away from rom com to more of like a black comedy kind of thing. Because right. like for something like that, you can get away with doing something as insane as that and still framing it as a bad thing versus more of a rom com style movie where the two leads kind of have to end up together or mm-hmm. else you've not done a rom com, you know? Right. Yeah, it could be like um, the movie we hate. Um, P.S. I love you. <laughs> that is that is one of the movies we hate. Yes, that's where true. it's like you know you help me move on. But, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, we're we're in a better place because of this. Although again, P.S. I love you doesn't have Gerard Butler like from Beyond the Grave framing like, Hillary Swank from. <laughs> I was going to say arresting Hillary Swank and being like, <laughs> I've committed tax evasion over yeah. the past five years. Oh my I've god! I signed your name to all the yeah. documents. Bye. But like, and yeah, I'm dead but now. You can't be mad at me. I'm dead. There, there, ha- there have been rom-coms, I think, where it's like, le- it's not the kind of like traditional happy one you go see, but there are romantic movies adjacent to rom-coms where it's like, they don't end up together. Bleeding. Yeah. Where it's yeah like, no, I know. A- yeah. You're, you're definitely, you're, you are definitely right about that. I was thinking more of like a more stereotypical rom-com vibe, but yeah, yeah there's definitely, there are definitely movies where the two characters are just like, we're in a better place now. Although like for that one, then you'd still have to do, if you were doing more of a traditional rom-com with that as the premise here, you'd probably still have to do a lot of legwork as to like how they're in a better place and still accommodating the fact that he you know, took a big romantic gesture that was actually insane and evil. Okay, what a movie. What a film. <laughs> what a movie, indeed. This is cinema, we, baby. Cinema's back. What a piece of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> would we recommend it? Um, no, I'm going with NO. I'm so sorry. This is such a weird baby for me because, like, on the one hand, this movie is less than 90 minutes and it starts off mostly as kind of like blandly okay before taking such an insane swing at the end <laughs> that I kind of like. I kind of think it's almost worth seeing just because of like what an insane ending mm-hmm. this movie has. Uh, I would that argue. Being... Yeah, I would ahead. argue that like 
to recommend it after having us talked about it is pointless. I think it's the kind of thing that you have to have like stumble into without yes. any knowledge of. To That's absolutely true. To, like, oh my god, I can't fucking believe. This, that this ending happened. Yeah, yeah. you know because that's that's a hundred percent true. I really cannot understate how much of a like a hard left turn it is that ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because otherwise, I don't. I don't know. It's it is just otherwise kind of banal and just especially like, like the way that the police walk into that party. It's so unclear what they're there for, and it's like, right. did somebody get murdered? Like, <laughs> imagine if they walk in and like the like Miles Teller's body was found in the apartment. You were the last person to have seen. It. <laughs> what if that was the ending? <laughs> that would be such a. I would actually, honestly, I'd kind of love that. That feels like such a weird, like Robert Altman kind of like ending to the movie. I would one thousand percent recommend this movie if that's what. If happened. that's what happened, yeah. Yeah, yeah and you yeah, found out. Fair. You found out that off screen, uh, he died. Well, and yeah. Megan was Megan. Megan's actually like a notorious, uh, like a, a dating app serial killer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. I, I think my answer changes to more of a no because I think Lee, honestly, I think you rationalized that very well as to why <laughs> yeah. it only works if you don't know like how absurd this. Yeah, like we've already we're telling you what, what's going to happen, and right. so like it kind of kills the like elements. But it is. I understand the, the vibe. I understand the feeling of like watching something and being like utterly because I, I i'm not this movie but i can i can't think of an example but that's definitely happened where you stumble on a movie and you're like i, I can't, can't believe this believe is happening this right, is right. This i mean it was like that for me with nutcracker when i first saw it it was just like yeah. this stunning moment of like my god who made what this is, and why what is happening yeah yes. <laughs> all right well i think we've uh we've covered our own two night stand here uh <laughs> come back in two weeks for a mini episode where we'll be talking about the movie we'll be doing two weeks from then uh, along with a drink recipe as usual and some discussion topics facebook.com slash why watch podcast is our facebook page draftpack.com is our website and again happy 2024 people we all made it can't all right. stop the inevitable march of time. you can't i can't stop oh my God. as much as we want to yeah all right bye, bye. bye. but sometimes these things just fall apart